0: We've got City in the semi-final. Are you excited about that one? You kind of feel it should have been the final, right? It's, yeah. I, I mean,
1: you know, Bolton and, and whoever else. Wigan, is it? No.
0: Stoke. No. Stoke. I knew it was from that part of the world. <laughs> Wigan and Stoke are not really in the same part
1: of the world. Well, they're all within sort of 30 miles of each other. I okay. Well, you know, we've talked about Stoke before. They they think they're they're somehow local rivals to us, don't they? You know. That's true. Uh, absolute nonsense. Yeah, so you, you kind of feel it would have been a nice final. In fact, the perfect final would have been United against City, uh, City winning until about a minute into injury time and we score a couple of late goals to rob them of their first trophy in 35 years but still we'll do that in the semi-final instead
0: the, it's at Wembley and both teams are from Manchester has been somewhat done to death it does seem absolutely ridiculous the only consolation I suppose being the size of the ground uh, they'll, you get a lot more United fans in there and people that have decided to be uh, City fans for their big day out
1: <laughs> well yeah you say that but the club went Wembley tier, of course. All the tickets go to Club Wembley holders, so that's, right. that's about that's about fifteen thousand tickets not going to to United or City fans. Plus, there's all the sponsors. Actually, what what should have happened is they should have just ha- held the game at Old
0: Trafford. Clearly, next biggest ground in the country. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. It seems totally reasonable. I mean, I I really miss the days of the uh, semi-finals at Villa Park and Old Trafford. I mean, that'd be perfect, really. United City at Villa Park and Stoke against Bolton at Old Trafford.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, that would a main. I look clearly not as many fans could have gone, and and uh, but it's expensive. It's a it's a train ride to London. It's a you know pricey ticket along with all the other competitions that United are in. Of course, you know, I guess City fans can can afford to splash out now. They're not in any other competition,
0: and also. I mean, I, I, I hate to like bash fans of other clubs because it's not not what I'm interested in doing. But they're also saving huge amounts of money, not ever going to watch City as well. That, that's definitely helpful. I, I, I think tw- under twenty thousand last night was it? Absolute disgrace. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 city is
1: theirs, right? It, you know, Manchester is blue, my yeah. Sure. It's, it's, I, I think that's disgraceful and I know it was an early kick-off but the City were complaining about this before, I mean it was a 6 o'clock kick-off there's good transport in Manchester you can get around, even from Stockport it doesn't take that long to get into town
0: Yeah, no absolutely Um, so I don't know, it's a shame it's at Wembley but but I guess it'll be a good atmosphere and it'll be nice for City to uh, have a big day out um, as opposed to uh, not getting to to see Wembley the, the, it's of course changed a lot since they were last there so we'll uh, discuss that game in more detail when it gets a bit closer. It was kind of an exciting draw. I, I, I don't know. I'd sort of rather get them in the semi-final. In a way, I don't know. I just, I, I, for, I would have bad feelings if we were playing them in the final. It would just, yeah, the victory would be incredibly sweet. But that's a definite high risk, high reward fixture, isn't
1: it? Yes, very true. But that's that's what football's about this time of year, isn't it? You know, squeaky bum time and all that. So, well, and and, and I suppose that that gives us a, a good segue into you know that's Ferguson's post-match comment, wasn't it that, This is what we want come this time of year, being three competitions, and and, uh, still are just about uh, after the Marseille game.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, should we go back to the Arsenal game first, since that was longer ago? I barely remember it. Uh, It was incredibly exciting. One midfielder, we've only got one midfielder, and that's Darren Gibson. we barely got one midfielder. Unbelievable scenes, that game. Absolutely incredible. When the team sheet was announced, obviously on the RankCast last week I predicted a United win, but when the team sheet was announced, I put on Twitter that I genuinely think we might lose 4-0. Having seen that team sheet, I thought we were going to get absolutely decimated and not for the first time, and certainly not for the last time. Sir Alex and proved that he is a much better football manager than I would
1: be. <laughs> yeah, look, look, I think everyone, everyone thought that that was a disaster waiting to happen. But but United know how to beat Arsenal. Anyway, that's I think isn't that? Am I right in saying that's four wins in a row against Arsenal, and there was some pretty good results uh, before that as well. And and um, yeah, you just man up in midfield, don't you? And 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 okay, we had no midfielders in there, but John O'Shea looked remarkably classy, didn't he? <laughs> and 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 the De Silva brothers for yeah. You know, Obviously, uh, Fabio only played half, but um, they uh, yeah they both looked fine in midfield. I mean, they looked. I thought like defenders playing him in field but they did a very good job of it
0: you're probably a more diligent student of the game than I am Ed but uh, I thought Fabio in particular looked very at home further forward yes I mean he he is he is a naturally uh, very talented player isn't he so if he could only stay fit it it was lovely the having basically a front four of the De Silva brothers and Hernandez and Rooney when we broke Uh, Rooney playing in a much more deep lying much more central role in that first half uh, which he sort of repeated against Marseille Um, to great, great effect.
1: And well, it's his natural position. How many times have we gone on about this over the years? Well, quite a few times, mm. I'd say. It's, it's like a broken record on Ranked Cast and and it's true. That's his nat- look, he's I, you can understand why you'd play him right up top because 34 goals last season before the injury. That's a hell of a lot of output, mm. isn't it? But but I think naturally he's just more comfortable 20 yards deeper. It just it just everything comes back, doesn't it? All the instinctive. you know, he was he was brilliant against Marseille. I guess we'll get to that. But he was pretty good against Arsenal. I thought he as
0: well. was one of his better games of the season so far against Arsenal. Like, you know, I, I really enjoyed his performance. Uh, Hernandez, wow, wow, wow! What a season the boy is having.
1: Look, there's stuff he ne- he still needs to work on. I think his his game outside the box is not that hot. He, uh, he, I don't know. He just he's just a little laboured, isn't it? Sometimes, but his movement is stunning and his pace and it causes all sorts of trouble. And, and when you've got him in the side with Rooney deeper, it just looks like a brilliant combination, doesn't it?
0: And uh, any discussion of that Arsenal game would be uh, remiss without talking about the big Dutchman and I'm not talking about Steve McLaren. What an amazing performance from Edwin van der Sar. I mean, Arsenal definitely had their chances but he uh, he, he got man of the match and it was well deserved. It, it was and,
1: and one more season, the, the crowd mm. said, and God, and, oh, don't you wish he'd change his mind and he, he won't and he just keeps going. He doesn't look like he's, uh, he's losing anything, does he? I, I mean, look, he, he, he makes the odd mistake and you kind of think oh we could have got down a bit quicker but but it's so rare and he's still a top top keeper and united are going to have to spend a lot of money to replace him properly
0: it's an interesting thing that, that, that obviously the United fans all want him to do another year, and I can't really join in that 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 shout of uh, one more year, just because the man's done his time. You know, he's he's got a family, and and it's clear that it's it's family reasons more than anything else that is is why he's retiring. So you know, if if his last season is a season on absolutely top form, amongst the best seasons he's ever had, then 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 I think that's an absolutely fitting way to bow out. It's brilliant to see sports people you know leave at the very peak of their game i'd rather remember gary neville's career without that west brom game albeit he was pretty quick to say okay it's gone once it had gone and uh, the classic muhammad ali example it I think I think if Van der Sar leaves at the end of the season, having been absolutely instrumental in us winning or at least you know be competing very late in the season for major honours, that's a fitting a fitting way to end his excellent career. That's, it's a very good
1: point. It's a very good point. And yes, uh, no no one would like to see him do another year and and then uh, his performances degrade somehow. And and uh, he'll go out of the top and it's just remarkable how United just keep trucking on even when when. Uh the team's not playing that well. I mean, actually, I thought the performance against Arsenal was pretty good. OK, Arsenal had a lot of the ball, but you, you, you do kind of expect that. And actually, United just let them have it and then break on them. So, uh, And that's the way we've played them over and over again. And, and Arsene Wenger, apparently, he's a brilliant coach, but he just can't clock this one.
0: Can he? <laughs> you know, we asked the question, what happens when two teams whose wheels have completely come off collide? And it's evident that Arsenal's wheels have come off further than ours have. Either that or we're there particular kryptonite and, and a little bit of discussion about Arsenal as they move forward and try and compete on one front whilst we're competing on three in a way that that should worry you as a United fan perhaps that you know they've got much less fixture congestion but the, the do, level yeah. to which they've you know I hate uh, this is such a, a stupidly reductionist phrase but the level to which they have bottled it in their big games so far this season you think perhaps it's not such a big deal well nev- never let Rankast listeners accuse us of not using the phrase reductionist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but yeah you're right in football the cliche is king and uh, that one particularly works I think in Arsenal's case doesn't it they they do seem to have a lack of some inner mental strength and I thought it was very telling that uh, the touchline reporter in, in Barcelona's Champions League game against Arsenal was saying that Wenger was in the dressing room saying they don't know how strong we are well did, if, they, if they were that strong he wouldn't need to remind them and I'm, I'm telling you right now Ferguson is not going to be saying stuff like that in the United dressing room they know they're strong they don't need it be told it so they they know not what needs to be done in the United side and it goes right throughout the squad Squad, and that's why we're, we're still in three competitions with a side that's yeah, really not very good in relative terms to previous United squads.
0: Scott the Red from Republic of Mancunia this week said if we win the treble that would be brilliant but what an insult to that 99 team it would be. <laughs> yeah no it's a, it's a, I mean look there's every
1: possibility I think I think uh, United are probably the fourth or fifth best side in the, in the European Cup maybe, maybe that's hard I, I, I think I, d- I don't think I, th- I don't think we're as good as Real Madrid or Barcelona we certainly can't ma- match either of those sides for sort of midfield quality but doesn't mean either of them are unbeatable and and, uh, and, and all of that but and who, who knows but defin- definitely Scott's right there uh, n- not as good as the 99 side but but achieving remarkable things all the same.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And another remarkable achievement was the victory against Marseille. Marseille are terrible. Tell you what, if Javier Hernandez played for them, they'd have absolutely battered us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What did they have? Four great chances. For, I, I mean, not not half chances, proper good chances. And and some of them are just unbelievable. Juniac I mean, missed a couple of real sitters. Remy is, and yeah, horrible. I mean, really, the amount of chances Marseille created, they they could easily have won that game and, and uh, I don't think anyone could have complained.
0: But in the end, they could not ball, put the ball in the Manchester United net. They had to leave that to the man who does it better than almost anyone else. The myth, the legend, that is, the own goal machine, Wesley Brown. And I, I say this as a big fan of... Uh, of the big man he's big he's bad he loves an own goal <laughs> i know how, how many has he got he's got quite a lot hasn't he so yeah, yeah a lot in the champions league too that's that's his particular that's his particular uh battleground uh, own goal wise doesn't he know own goal plays for us it's yeah just... well n- not anymore i mean we've barely got any own goals this season i was thinking
1: i was thinking about that actually after the game if, if you thought rooney was having a stinker of a season own goals having a no worse one
0: well yeah and i think that you can identify a large part of that reason um to the same source and that's been the absence of uh, Antonio Valencia he hadn't been on the pitch for uh, five minutes when Rooney scored a header All right, Valencia didn't have anything to do with the header that he scored but still he was on the pitch Rooney scored a header that's how it works yeah Um, yeah yeah. I know it was incredible wasn't it Yeah, and and I think um, Valencia as as much as he's been uh, his absence has been one of the reasons Rooney struggled I think I think big OGs uh, definitely missed uh, Valencia's pingers into the box yes I, I, I think you're right yeah I think it was Fantastic to see Valencia, back that was, of course, that was in the Arsenal game, uh, and he came on again against Marseille. You, we had a little discussion on the phone. You said he looked a bit short of confidence. I thought he looked incredibly match ready. I, I thought it would take him a lot longer to get back into the swing of it, but I thought his touch looked magnificent. Toucher is fine. And what, what I mean is, he didn't
1: he didn't take on any players and he did he did the same thing against Marseille. Actually, when it, when the opportunity came to take on the fullback, he he stopped and cut back every time. But but that will come, I'm sure.
0: And Valencia certainly didn't look short of confidence with the ball uh, fantastic deliveries and within five minutes of being on the pitch a beautiful corner that was really really exciting to see and I think as much as um, we'll come on to United's pretty disastrous defensive injury crisis having Valencia back for the rest of the season will make an enormous difference. Yeah
1: it will do. Interesting dilemma now though isn't it? What what to do with Nani and Valencia and, and who's going to play where because Nani's excellent season has really come because he's played on the right and although he's pretty t- 2 footed uh, it, it seems to have helped him because he can he can either cross from the right or cut in from the left and shoot and uh, it doesn't seem to work quite the same way when he's on the on the left wing and you'd actually think he'd be able to cut in from the right and shoot too but he never seems to quite do that with the, the same level of success and and so it would be interesting to see and I also think in Europe Ferguson's not going to want to play Valencia and nani at the same time and uh, he's probably more likely to play gigs and I think perhaps you know one of them will play
0: yeah I just think um Valencia will be incredibly important in games where we're playing uh, some of the lesser lights of the Premier League uh, especially some of those away games where having good set piece delivery could be absolutely yep. key yep. Uh, so I think um, the Marseille game the, the back four looked pretty ropey and that was really after playing seven defenders against the Arsenal I saw somebody put on Twitter and lo the Lord did see that you picked seven de- defenders and decided that was too many and smoked your defenders yeah. <laughs> and they're all smitten just one hamstring after another going across that back four this this weekend I believe if Ferguson is to be believed Smalling, Brown Evra and Fabio are the only defenders we've got fit Yeah. yes Yes, and uh,
1: Fletcher's out, so there's no option of him playing at Uh, right-back. Hargreaves has been training, so uh, in theory, uh, he he would be an option at right-back as well, although I, I uh, I think his hamstring will go twang within seconds of him touching a pitch. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 bad. I mean, it, Ferdinand's the key one, right? And and uh, it looks like he might not even be back any time this season. He's not in training at all. And it's nine matches he's missed now, and he's been out for for well about six weeks. And not his back, which is good, but uh, the hamstring is not progressing at all. Apparently. It's it's
0: really a worry. There there's, there was there was some stuff going around last night suggesting he might not just be battling to be fit this season. He might be battling for his career. I I hope that's hyperbole. Um, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a,
1: it's a calf muscle problem, isn't it? I, d- I don't think that's a career-threatening injury. I, I think okay, well, that, so. I,
0: I, hope, I hope that's the key. I mean, last week I said I thought that basically Rio's fitness is, is the key to us winning the title. So if he's going to be out for the rest of the season, I guess if I'm going to stick to that theory, that that puts an enormous amount of pressure on us and, and definitely Nemanja will have to play pretty much every game. He,
1: he really does. He needs to get fit. Uh, he needs to be back after the international break and, and uh, we need to get through this for. Game at the weekend and and just hope that we can muddle through and uh, yeah it could be pretty disastrous and and much as Arsenal's confidence is shot there's not a lot of points in it right and United still has has to go to the Emirates and and yeah, Chelsea I think that's the big one Chelsea Chelsea you know uh, game in hand uh, that could mean six points beat us Old Trafford three points and it's all to play for then
0: isn't it really yeah tight. very very as tight as a Manchester United fullback's hamstring why why are they all popping is it just a coincidence. I'd be reluctant to think that it was. There must be some reason. So there was the, that that Dutch trainer who used to be at Real Madrid and
1: who no one has actually ever heard of, uh, uh, having a rant on Twitter uh, about um, about conditioning. I'm not quite sure whether he actually has any insight into to Manchester United. And, and Graham Souness was the pitches are too hard, so everyone seems to have a theory. I, I don't know, but but remember we had a defensive injury crisis last season as well, and ended up playing with Michael Carrick and Darren Fletcher at the back. So yeah. Uh, so there are some players in our defence that are prone to injury. So Vidic had a whole load of injury problems. Fernandes had three years of injury problems. Evans keeps getting ankle problems. Fabio, when he gets the sniff of grass, he, he, he breaks down. You know. and, and so there, there's some historical problems with these players and this group of players. And, and you might think about addressing that if, uh, if Fergie, when Fergie next dips into the transfer market for the defenders.
0: The, the, just a the final finishing word on the Marseille game. Hernandez's positioning for both of those goals was absolutely wonderful. And I think he's perhaps the only player in the squad that would have would have made those runs and scored those goals in a way playing in that position. He just is a he's an absolute natural born finisher, isn't he?
1: he he really is and, and not not too difficult to finish on for either one of those but i mean he scores them he scores some brilliant goals this season and those two were pretty easy but he was in the right place
0: at the right time and that's uh, that's again a football cliche but that's what it's all about isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely and um i think the the word of wording of the, the much maligned chant this season should really be we're man united we're relieved that we've scored because that's what seems to it seems to come from this this nervousness that then erupts when we've we've scored and started singing we do what we want which i I really hope that every every time i the more i hear it the more i hope it's ironic although i'm not convinced no me, me neither and i i do hope it disappears next season so Ed, the quarterfinal draw of the Champions League. I'm scared. Uh, yeah, it's it's not the best draw, is it? it it's Chelsea
1: and uh, the semi-final draw looks a bit better, of course, if, if we want to feel optimistic about it, Inter or Schalke. But but yeah, Chelsea uh, twice in a couple of weeks, and of course then the the game in May as well. So we it, it's not so bad in terms of the timing. We've got we've got games against West Ham, Fulham bracketing the first leg, and then then we've got the FA Cup semi-final after the second leg. So I mean you know it it could be worse I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean I've seen a lot of people saying you know well maybe we're entitled to a bit of luck as well because uh, definitely the rub of the green has definitely lain with Chelsea recently and it'll be very satisfying for us to knock them out. <laughs> you know, that would be it would be great to knock Chelsea out of the Champions League. And frankly uh, with the exception of well you could say that basically there are five really good teams and Tottenham somewhere in between and then Shakhtar and Schalke a bit further down the list uh, left in the draw I mean Inter they're pretty shambolic against uh, Bayern Munich but they're still a real good side they've certainly got the potential to be a real good side on their day Real Madrid and Barcelona I think it's pretty clear to anyone watching are the two strongest teams uh, left in the draw yeah and one of them's going to be well most likely they'll be playing each other right in the semis yeah it's it's really interesting though because I actually I I think I definitely definitely think Tottenham will give Real Madrid a game they'll get they'll give them a game over two legs I think there will be a lot of goals in, in those games, and given Real Madrid's history, if they had any other manager, I, w- I would be perhaps even, you know, sneaky, sneaky little feeling that Tottenham might do it, and I, I still do have. And actually, it's a bit of a horror draw for Barcelona, because you would expect them to comfortably beat Shakhtar the at home, but the that away leg is going to be an absolute pig. So it's not... It's not, I, 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 I would not be incredibly surprised if we see uh, either Tottenham or Shakhtar in the semi-final.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would be pretty surprised if we saw Shakhtar. I, I think they're a better side than people give them credit for. They have actually won seven out of eight of their Champion League ties this season so and they're in fact a team full of Brazilians rather than Ukrainian they, look I think that I'm sure they'll give Barcelona a game actually Barcelona of course have the, La Liga to think about as well a few points ahead around Madrid but drop points at the weekend so that'll be an interesting few ties there I, I, the only winners of the United Chelsea draw are Arsenal to be honest and uh, I think it'll be such an intense pair of ties bound to be quite a lot of squad rotation around that time and I, I think you know the only good the upside is that um, Fulham and West Ham are uh, decent teams to be playing, bracketing that first leg Um, and and I would think that Ferguson will prioritise the Champions League over the FA Cup so we we might get uh, a few uh, slightly different selections in that FA Cup semi-final.
0: My goodness I don't know that you can prioritise anything over that FA Cup semi-final really though, can you? As football fans go, you're relatively unsentimental about it. I imagine you'd prefer us to win the Champions League you could either have us get knocked out by Chelsea and winning the FA Cup or or we get through and win the Champions League, and City win the FA Cup. Which one would you pick?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would. I would pick the Champions League. I, I, unfortunately, it, it, it could be we get knocked out of the Champions League, and City go and win the <laughs> FA Cup because our players are knackered and shattered from having played Chelsea twice.
0: Yeah, but they're not going to be happy to have Man United. We're at home in the second leg, which is a pretty significant advantage for us. You're right. You're right. It's exciting times. That they won't be happy
1: to to be playing United. Uh, Arsenal will be delighted, I'm sure. You know, Arsene Wenger is is uh, jumping up and down right now because that gives it gives Arsenal a great shot. It's it's a
0: terrible draw for the English sides to be facing each other. It's not great for the fans either. And you say that nobody wins out of this, but potentially if we beat Chelsea, that could be a huge lift for our season. And uh, I'm going to take that optimistic view um, and say that we will get past Chelsea. Um, but I think I think the luck is you know as played itself out I think Chelsea have have ridden their luck against us for the last few times we've met and the fact that we've got uh the home leg second is perhaps swinging the tide in our favor Let's hope
1: so. Let's let's hope so. It could be a cracking cracking couple of games. Can...
0: now it was a pretty rough week for United, but n- no United legend has had a rougher week this week than uh, Brian Robson, who had an operation to remove a tumour on his throat this week, and it. I hope it goes without saying, but we're going to say it anyway that the thoughts and best wishes of the rank cast definitely goes out to Brian Robson and his family. But Brian Robson, there's a lot of reasons I'm a United fan, but Robson's an absolutely huge part of that. He- he was my first ever favourite player. He was my hero when I was uh, growing up in a lot of ways.
1: And a properly awesome player as well. Just just box to box. Uh, if, if you need a model of, of what you need to be as a player, if, if you're going to do that role, that was Brian Robson. He was, he was superb. And I had the pleasure of, of meeting Robbo and interviewing him a few years back and, and had a beer with him afterwards in London. And, and He's a, a, a nice chap too. You know, it was just after he'd been sacked by West Brom. so We had a commiseratory beer and um yeah you know best best of luck to him i'm uh, i'm sure everything will be all right. did he tell you any stories when you were drinking beer with him did, no, I don't think he did tell me any good stories. No, actually, uh, Sammy Mack and Frank Stapleton were much better for stories. But um, yeah, Robo Robo didn't recount any of those. Maybe he was on kind of media watch. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but, but, but no, he was a nice chap. And uh, yeah, you know, not not all uh, actually, not all players are. But you know, he was uh, he was lively in conversation too, and uh, was pretty honest about what happened at West Brom.
0: Yeah, and and so just like it's been said. There's there's a lot of medical evidence to suggest that your attitude in a battle with cancer is incredibly important. And if anyone's got that attitude for to win a fight, that'd be uh, Brian Robson. So yeah. Thoughts, thoughts, and very best wishes with with Robbo. His old manager uh, said said that he was a fighter and and wouldn't lose this battle. That old manager also managed to get himself a five match touchline ban. Cue anti Manchester United FA conspiracy talk throughout the land.
1: Guys, it's just it's just outrageous. I mean, I was asked, I was on, I was on the radio this week you know, as a, a few Twitterers mentioned, and and I was asked about that. I, I think it'll make no difference to United. I mean, you know, they. they they don't need to be coached from the touchline, and and Fergie can get his instructions across. But I just think I just think it's outrageous. This key sentence they kept going on over, you know, apparently it lies on the fact that he 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 said fair, but he also corrected himself three words later, you know. And I, I think if you don't take that into account, you can't take anything into account. And and um, Martin Bean, the former FA dodgy practices guru, uh, apparently defended Ferguson and and said uh, likened the FA to a communist state, and. I, I thought that was a bit rough on communist states. To be honest, they—they they are judge, jury, executioner, and—and and moral superiors. Uh, I think it's a disgraceful organisation. It's—it's not fit to run the sport. Uh, described by uh, Jeremy Hunt, who's the minister, uh, as the w- worst governed sport in the country. Yeah, absolutely right. It's, it's a disgraceful organisation. Uh, run run by people in in many instances who have who have no experience in football or no experience of senior level management in. Their uh, committees uh, and these disciplinary committees are often chaired by people from regional FAs who, uh, you know, are uh, middle-level management people who manage to get themselves on the county board of, you know, the Dorset FA and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, so aside from all the issues they have as an organisation and the the poor management in that organisation, it's also staffed by incompetence as well.
0: It's a ridiculous decision. I mean, the only justification you can possibly give for it is that we, we've talked about Ferguson using the m- media to take pressure off his players and draw the attention to himself. And oh, this isn't even a justification because even if he's doing that, which he is, when Ferguson speaks out against a referee, sometimes it's in the heat at the moment. But a lot of times I think you could liken it to a defender getting a yellow card for a professional foul to prevent a goal scoring opportunity from developing. It's the right thing to do, even though it's against the laws of the game. Uh, and and I think a lot of what he does in the media is commit professional fouls, basically. And this is just punishment for too many of those. But even if that's the case, you can't. It's 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 a massively unfair punishment for this particular crime. Yeah, I I, I think so.
1: And uh, I, I I do think it was spun by the media, and I think the FA have reacted to that. And I thought there's a, there's a little bit of we're going to get you back because they just want to you know, single Ferguson out. I think the problem is, you know, if you if you if you seriously buy this argument that he questioned the referee's fairness, you know, when quite clearly in the same sentence he qualified it, then basically you're saying that no manager can say anything about referees. You can't win that semantic argument if that's the referee, if that's the FA's argument that, that he questioned the FA's fairness because clearly he did not. Uh, and so therefore, you know, no manager should talk about referees, full stop. If they just make that the rule and everyone knows, then, then fair enough. But, but I also think, and, and Martin Bean actually made a very good point in his interview, that the, the FA does not punish its own staff yeah that is it was a shocking series of decisions from from atkinson on the day and he should be downgraded he should be refereeing in the blue square and in fact that's not even fair on blue square players because why should they get that incompetence i, I think if if it's elite sport and it's a, you know elite professionals we should be dealing with that should that should be the same for the referees too and they and and just as managers get the sack if they get a poor series of results because of a referee's decision so the ref should get the sack if they make a poor
0: decision too yeah i think well um, I mean, I sort of thing that that's reasonable on the other hand I think referees I mean in, in fact actually it's the same for football managers in a lot of ways but referees often make poor decisions because it was out of their hands to make a better decision they were tricked by the player or they didn't have access to any kind of video technology I think actually the FA needs to support its referees better not just the, the FA but football in general needs to provide more information to the people making the decisions that's you know I, I think video technologies is it's just it's it's just stupid and traditionalist for the sake of being traditionalist that it's not used at the highest levels of the game and I, I think that's 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 kind of much more important than than sacking referees for poor performances. Bec- I think consistent poor performances, obviously, that's that's a very different question. But you don't sack a manager for a bad game. You don't sack a player for a bad game. You, you sack them for a bad career.
1: UEFA, FIFA, they're all down the wrong track uh, on this one. Uh, just adding extra referees. I mean, there's that, those stupid adverts in Champions. League games with the we see more uh, because they now have 16 referees on the pitch. Well, you know, fine. Well, actually, let's have even more on the pitch. It doesn't stop them making bad decisions, does it? So, you know, why not have a, a referee every 10 yards up the touchline and eight of them on the pitch at the same time? There's enough room on the pitch, you know. Just, or we could have someone in the stands using the technology to to make a call on big decisions and use a replay. And why not? Why not? Because actually, you're right. That will support referees because they'll make less bad decisions. In cricket, it has worked. The decision- I mean, they tinker around with a decision review system, don't they? And they're fine-tuning how it should work. But essentially, umpires in cricket like it because they get more decisions right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the irony of the advert on television saying we see more to the people who are seeing more than the referees are is is just ridiculous. And no, 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 UEFA. We see more. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Liverpool and Manchester City talking of UEFA. (laughs) We have an official anti-shark and Freud a policy on the rant cast. So <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> so we'll just say congratulations to them on their impressive run to get this far in a tin pot trophy in. Europe. What are Channel 5 going to show on on a Thursday night now? I, I know Ed, when we were getting battered by Liverpool we were singing Thursday night Channel 5 at them. I'm pretty sure they're not going to be in the Europa League next season so they're just literally not going to have any European football whatsoever at Anfield.
1: No well they've had some pick up so they're in 6th at the moment so it, it it depends
0: on exactly what happens with the FA Cup right? I don't think you're right Ed I think that the Carling Cup does not pass its Europa League place to the runners up if the champions are in Europe, but the FA Cup does. Ah, uh-huh. well,
1: no. If you're if you're right on that one, then then fair enough. Yeah, and uh, I suppose then uh,
0: could be could be one of Bolton or Stoke. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think either Bolton or Stoke and Birmingham City will be our representatives of our beautiful sport in the uh, Europa League. It's a bit harsh on Bolton because they do play quite nice stuff nowadays. And... They
1: do. They do actually. Yes, the the old reputation of uh, being long ball merchants is not. True, Owen I mean, called does Have his team playing good football,
0: and they're doing well. Of course, they're, they're they're you know chasing Liverpool's coattails. We'll see if they do well against us at the weekend. They're our next opponents. We always beat Bolton at Old Trafford, um, or have done for a few years anyway. And it'll be interesting to see whether our team with no back four can manage another win. Hopefully, we'll just put you know all our strikers on at once and see if we can score more goals than them. I, I think uh, it's it's
1: it's key to take the initiative, isn't it, against to, to Bolton and make. Sure, uh, the the game is played in their half, and we keep the ball. And because I think a back four of of Evera, Smalling, Brown, and, and Fabio, as good as each of those players are individually, it is going to make mistakes uh, because um, yeah, the lack of experience with Fabio there, lack of fitness and and games with Brown, and inexperience of Smalling, and, and all of that is is going to clearly going to be an issue. But but it, I guess it's good it's Bolton and not Barcelona. But um, still,
0: as we said, Bolton are doing well, so it's it's you know, there'll be a threat. Uh, well. We we see the first start in what is it, three or four games for Dimitar Berbatov. I suppose that that
1: is dependent on what Ferguson's thinking the next few games. Of course, we've got the international break after this, so he doesn't have to think about a midweek game. Uh, Berbatov won't be getting a game on international week because he's retired, of course. But uh, Rooney and Hernandez playing well would be a shame to break up that partnership, wouldn't
0: it? Sort of, but I never think it's a shame to play Dimitar Berbatov. Uh, I've I've missed I've missed him. I have to say in these these last few games, but United haven't, so. You're right. It would be a shame to break up that partnership. You'd think that, given the defensive frailties, we'll play a lot of midfielders. You, you perhaps think maybe he'll play Rooney, but he'll play him in the, in that more deep lying role that he has been playing and then Carrick and Skulls very deep lying um, maybe isn't is Nani, uh, Nani and Valencia fit enough to to both start because you'd think that was perhaps a 4-3-3 a essentially with Rooney in the middle of the park and with with Skulls and Carrick Ferguson loves to tinker of course so it just depends on the
1: formation I mean it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to to see him shift it around again and and play I mean I don't think he'll play Nani and Valencia at the same time unless he pushes Rooney up front on his own the centre of midfield uh, and try and protect that back four by playing a, a couple of a couple of guys, you know, perhaps Carrick and Skull sitting in front of back four, and and that wouldn't be a surprise either.
0: This is a game that I would be horrendously afraid of if we were away, and I'm much much more confident because we're at home and because we're these two really nervy games which look like huge kind of seat not season-defying uh, defining games, but potentially season-destroying games uh, come that we've just had in the last week, and I, I just think the fact that we were at home made all the difference once again so I, I'm going to say I'm, I'm confident of United pulling out a home win
1: yeah I, me too yes and uh, I think it's one of those
0: games we've just got to get out of the way
1: got got to win but whatever whatever way it doesn't really matter whether it's pretty or not and the international break hopefully a few injuries clear up as I said Owen Hargreaves is back in training Anderson's back in training Fletcher's not that far away Rio we don't know Vidic should be back after the international break Johnny Evans has been training I mean he could even make the bench for Saturday's game so so there are a lot of players a couple of weeks away from fitness so it's, it's it's a case of do anything we can to win this game and it should all be better in a couple of weeks time yeah
0: i, I agree absolutely one one last thing we, we said we'd touch on uh wayne rooney contract selling him in the summer getting angry at petrol stations there's been a lot going on this week what, what made united rant uh publish a piece on on rooney potentially leaving in the summer it's kind of I, I know i know he contradicted it but but i you know i take any
1: footballer utterance with a pinch of salt learning i mean so so uh, it was a little bit of press speculation i thought i'd just react to that and i i, I do love how um every, fans always trash the red tops but you know i know journalists work you source a story right it's the same it's the same in the red top i mean there are some stories that their sources are a little bit dodgy for i've got to say but but this has come from somewhere there's, so that's one and I thought I'd just react to that speculation I did caveat it several times and so that's one there's also this underlying feeling that uh, everything is not all well there and if given uh, the Glazers you know financial priorities if, if there's going to be heavy spending in the summer it will be someone out and then some spending and, th- and that's another thought and I do kind of have this thing nagging at the back of my head that says if someone's going to go Rooney would be next
0: it's, a, it's an interesting one his response caused some controversy in the United blogger Twitter y thing which frankly doesn't take very much to cause some controversy in that because it's a thing which is looking for controversy all the time to give it something to talk about but he said he got angry with people questioning uh, whether he would leave the club in the summer yeah it's, it's outrageous Wayne how dare people commit, question your commitment to Manchester United when the last two months have clearly demonstrated that the three months to six months before that when you were angling for a move out of the club or an absolutely massive wage hike uh, perhaps called and you questioned the club's ambition and said it didn't match your own. Uh, Why Why would anyone outrageously question your commitment to the club? Yeah quite quite yeah he doesn't have a leg
1: to stand on with that one does he? So I I think uh, the only thing that Rooney can do to demonstrate his loyalty is play well and uh, he's been doing that uh, you know to a greater degree in the last couple of weeks and that's it. The, The rest of it I'm afraid he's lost his right to be angry about people questioning his commitment to the club.
0: I, I put a, a request in for some Twitter questions or comments or as per last week people disguising jokes as questions. <laughs> we, we had a bit of, bit of response to that, that request. Uh, perhaps my favourite being, is it just me or does Fabio look a bit like Raphael? as from at Awate 91. They are quite similar. Uh, at Man United Youth was speculating when we'd used up two substitutes and Raphael got himself injured that what they needed to do was somehow manage to swap uh, Raphael and Fabio's shirts and sneak Fabio on so they could save another substitute for later in the game. Ah, yes,
1: there were about a million, and it's about as close as a
0: like-for-like like substitute as you can get. <laughs> Jokes, <laughs> yeah. weren't they? Yeah, but in fairness, I'm never going to not find that slightly amusing. Uh, at Neil underscore Barsley asks us a question, what do we think Sir Alex was laughing about when he pointed at Berbatov during the Marseille game? I-, I think Berbatov was sulking like a three-year-old, and uh, I thought they were having a good chuckle about. Um, it's always good to take your mercurial, uh, delicate geniuses and point and laugh at them on internet television. Yes, that's it, Because he has
1: no no fragile confidence issues there at all. Brilliant right?
0: man management from a boss. You mentioned the Glazers and spending and money and all that malarkey. Did anything interesting happen in the accounts? We wouldn't even mention them. No, no nothing, nothing interesting to see there. Okay, and and the, this business of a wage freeze and Nani's contract negotiation. What's going on there? Well, there are no contract negotiations with Nani because he
1: has three years left on his deal, and and the club isn't normally apt to offer new contracts to players three years in although they are apparently talking about offering Hernandez a new contract which which would be fair enough to keep him away from the you know the Madrids of this world who would treble his wages so yeah I mean they, they might want to do that but but Nani yeah I don't I don't think the base you know one good season deserves a brand new contract I mean um and then and then this story for those who haven't uh, read it it's uh, a story saying that uh, the glazers want to bring in uh, performance related contracts at United so uh, you know l- less less upfront wages more um and appearance based money which, which uh, on the face of it is fine if everyone else in football did that actually what it would do is make United uncompetitive and
0: uh, probably see star players not turn up at United and go elsewhere. You can't see it happening can you really? that Somebody, someone some football person at the club will talk them round and point that out to them Yeah well we'll see, I mean it's uh, they, they, they've had a lot of trouble at Tampa because they did exactly the same thing basically Right gosh, oh, it just doesn't bear thinking about it's been all quiet on the Qatari front not seen any buyout stories whatsoever no no i
1: mean we we uh we probably won't until the summer and then then we will see what happens there
0: it's a sort of bittersweet season this season. It's incredible that we're still in three competitions at this stage of the season. And there was an article in The Observer, which I have to say caused my boss at work to say he would never buy The Observer again, where Paul Haywood suggested that Kenny Dalglish might win his 19th title, Liverpool's 19th title, before United do. It seems pretty ridiculous, given the power structures in English football at the moment, to suggest that a team that's woefully, woefully short um, and isn't competing on any fronts come... March is going to win the league in the next sort of five years or so, uh, which you w- you would think that United will probably win the league. But if but if we don't win the league this season uh, and we don't get bought out, I hate to be this guy saying this, but it really could be some shaky times ahead. Well, there's a lot of cash in United's account, so the the, the question
1: still is, uh, where is that money going? But essentially, that money is 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 the Ronaldo money plus uh, some just some money stockpile. Is that money going to be invested? Is that money going into the Glazers pockets uh, where where did the money come from to pay off the pick loans how did they refinance that I mean so sort of clearly a refinancing there are a lot of imponderables still to be answered There is still more than 500 million pounds worth of debt uh, and it is somewhere and as much as they massage it it's still hundreds of millions of pounds worth of debt there's still another set of debt there somewhere uh, that you know the business sense and logic says that the Glazers will will uh, will use cash from from United to pay down the other thing I'd say interesting thing on the financial front this week is Arsenal announced a 6.5% ticket price rise and uh, I think if the other big clubs are doing that this this might prompt the Glazers to jack up the prices again this summer.
0: Yeah, and given how sad the atmosphere is at United uh, nowadays, a massive price hike is not going to do anything for the support that the team receives from the crowd on the pitch. And we're not so much a 12th man as an 11 and a quarterth man at home.
1: Yeah, 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 about, about right, yeah. It, it's, it's embarrassing, really, I think. And uh, when I first started going to United, it, the old, old Trafford was completely different. It was just completely different. And uh, clearly you could stand and, and uh, they didn't have all the luxury. Curious facilities that they do now but there's a completely different atmosphere and uh, it is um, it is dead and and so for the big games the atmosphere seems to rise but that didn't used to be the case it used to be a great atmosphere no
0: matter how crappy the opposition but even the big games aren't brilliant now they have moments of brilliance but then it does all go quiet because everyone's used to it all going quiet I I was watching some YouTube footage of Cantona which uh, one of the things that struck me was just how incredibly loud the crowd were and this wasn't an era of terracing it was all seater you know but the the crowd were just massively into it and and there's much more sense of it being a crowd as opposed to a collection of spectators you know i mean anyway talking of the future of manchester united as we were in when we were discussing the finances uh definitely worth giving a shout out and also talking of liverpool not competing in competitions on any fronts definitely worth giving a shout out to that youth team with their thoroughly manchester united like come back against the scousers they were 2-0 down they won 3-2 an absolutely stunning flying volley from Ravel morrison for the third that game had everything it really, really
1: it really did and the the, the most bizarre red card i have ever ever seen <laughs> ever <laughs>
0: what do you mean it was a cast iron red cast iron red he slightly paused during his run-up to take a penalty if that's not a sending off offense i don't know Jesus. what is that's just it was
1: unbelievable wasn't it and but but uh, kudos to Raval morrison uh he had a he had a fine game and then people say he's a bit of a gangster and he has certainly been in trouble and people say that uh, his attitude's not right in training and he, he turns up when he feels like and and again you can see that on the pitch he does turn up when he feels like but this one super talented lad united have there and they, if they can harness it in the right way he could make a top player but lots of ifs and buts with uh young players aren't they but yeah fine fine uh fine performance by united play chelsea in a two-legged semi-final coming up um not long away now and uh that will be uh, i'm sure it'll be a great turnout at old trafford i'm sure they'll play that one at old trafford and there'll be a big crowd there and i i bet quite a few reds will head down to stanford bridge for that one too
0: yeah, quite a few Reds uh, went to Anfield and perhaps some of them should have stayed at home because I'm pretty sure a children's football match is not the place to be singing murderers, murderers. No,
1: no, it wasn't and it was pretty distasteful And uh, but, you know, a small, very small minority of people from the people actually at the game and Man United Youth uh, did a good report on it as well. So, yes, uh, idiots uh, that didn't need to do that. It's, it didn't do United's reputation any
0: good at all. No, absolutely not. But, yeah... <laughs> That referee's reputation was not done any good by the fact that uh, both teams ended that match with nine players on the pitch. That's nine players, two sendings off apiece. Hilarious scenes, but but just a yeah, fantastic and very Manchester United-like comeback from those kids. So congratulations to them. I guess that uh, does it for a, a massive edition of the Rankcast. Cast. We'll be back next week uh, with a look at how that game against Bolton. And I should just say, we've gone the entire show without mentioning at Trisha RKG seems completely unreasonable behaviour. <laughs> I, I, I'm beginning to think there's some suspicious behaviour going on between Actricia RKG and At Rantcast. Hmm. No, no not, not at all. No, she's a happily married lady, and uh, I'm happily devoted to Manchester United. <laughs> Very good. And predictions? We're going to win, and we're going to score three goals. I don't know how many they're going to score. It could be between naught and 2, but that's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll 3-0, 3-1 or 3-2. That's my series of predictions.
1: I am going for a a slightly scrappy,
0: not very pretty, uh, just about do it 2-1 win. These are definitely exciting times, as Sir Alex says. These are the times where you want to be involved in these huge games. Champions League quarterfinal coming up, mouth watering and incredibly exciting tie in the FA Cup semi final, and still in with an absolutely brilliant shout of our 19th league title. So, I mean, I will be genuinely flabbergasted if this United side somehow win even two of these trophies. Um, and I'll be I'll be happy enough if we can if we can win one, uh, particularly if it's the league. But but it. it it's- It's fantastic to even be talking about the possibility of a multiple trophy season. It
1: certainly is. It's it's not what I expected. I I think a lot of it, uh, honestly, is to do with rivals' failings uh, rather than our own successes. But, hey, you know, you beat what's in front of you. And at the moment, that's what United are doing. See you next week or perhaps the week after. See you next week.